This episode of The Minimalist is brought to you by nobody, because advertisements suck. The Minimalists. <laughs> Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing that's just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it Hello, Simpletons. Welcome to The Minimalist Podcast, where we discuss what it means to live a meaningful life. With less. My name is Joshua Fields Milburn. And I'm Ryan Nicodemus, and together we are the minimalists. Lately, we've been thinking a lot about what minimalism will look like after this moment of uncertainty. Is there going to be a movement of neo minimalism that forms in the wake of this reset? That's what we're going to explore today. What is essential? What is excess? What's a meaningful life? Many of the questions are the same, but are the answers different? And many new questions are forming. Will yesterday's answers help us or do we need to find new answers? Ryan, I was listening to our friend Rob Bell, his podcast. He was talking about this moment as the great unmasking, which I thought was a great metaphor. Because Especially because we're all wearing masks right now. We're, well, <laughs> and many of us are. I know uh, podcast Sean was just up in Montana and he said it was basically business as usual. So it depends. It's very region specific right now. Yeah. Right. And so I wore a mask in here to get through the, the lobby and the elevators and the elevator in my apartment building. Um, but I was I finished writing. This was just yesterday, actually. I finished writing in the morning, and uh, actually I finished it by the afternoon, working on this new book, Love People Use Things, and it, the third draft is coming along beautifully, and I had a good productive day, I felt great, and I walked out into my neighborhood, I was walking around, and this was, it was like a week earlier, everything was boarded up, and there were protests and riots, but yesterday, everything was open, hmm. and there was a sense of normalcy, not back hmm. to normal, but Places were packed. I mean, and some of them, they seem dangerously packed. Mm. And I'm wondering, like, the pendulums can swing too far, mm-hmm. right? And that's what sure. we need to be careful of. And and so we're going to be asking a lot of questions today, obviously answering some questions as well. I think in many ways, this has been the most difficult year of our lifetimes, our collective lifetimes. Yeah, and it's only June. I know, right? <laughs> Half the year isn't even over. Yeah. Now, for me, it's not the most difficult year of my life. 2019 was actually the most difficult year of my life. Mm. And I've seen 2020. I remember at the beginning of the year, a lot of people were using the, the sort of cheesy, admittedly cheesy metaphor of 2020 vision. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but did anyone see this coming? No. Did they see a virus sweeping the globe? Did they see uh, a nation at unrest because of racism and and? protests and looting and riots, which we talked about a lot on on last week's episode with T.K. Coleman. So we're not going to get back into that anymore. But I don't think we saw any of this coming, but we also saw the possibility. We've predicted it in films and and we we know that things can always go off the rails at a moment's notice. Mm. And so we start asking the more essential questions again. I know for me, 2019 was the most difficult year. But 2020, in many ways, has been a year of, of healing for me personally. And I'm wondering that once we get on the other side of this, is it a year of healing for 
us as a community, as a state, as a city, as a nation, as a, uh, as a world. Mm. Uh, and if so, did it take this sort of unmasking or, or did it take exposing our wounds, so to speak, to allow us to begin to heal? Mm. And I'm noticing people asking a lot of these questions that you and I have really been grappling with over the last decade since we started The Minimalists. And I started with some of those questions at the top of this. What is essential? And so we're going to talk about that today. We've got some questions. Before we do, I want to just explain why this episode is coming out a day late. It's actually the first time we've ever done this. But we had an episode that was supposed to come out today mm-hmm. that you and I just didn't feel good about. And I think this is a, a testament to how much our world has changed in just the last 10 days. 10 days ago, we recorded an episode with Dave Rubin, Mm -hmm. someone who I agree with 60 to 80% of the time about a lot of things. Uh, Some people call him uh, left wing. Some people call him right wing. Some people call him center. I I don't know what... What what does he call himself? What does he identify as? He says he's a a classical liberal. Classical liberal. Yeah. Mm. And so... That can mean a bunch of things as well. Yeah. And so we had a really good conversation with him that went off the rails a few times. And it, in fact, I emailed him yesterday. He and I are supposed to talk on the phone later today, I believe. Mm-hmm. The conversation we recorded just felt so outmoded, so out of date, just 10 days later. Now, he yeah. said some things that you and I disagreed with him about. And we pushed mm-hmm. back on. Yeah. Given the uh, current circumstances, I wish we would have pushed back a little bit harder. Yeah. And so what I'd like to do, instead of publishing that episode, because I don't feel good about editing it, w- especially without his permission. Yeah, dude. I mean, yeah, we're not going to censor him. Right. Especially right. the irony of that is it's an episode about free speech. Right. <laughs> so we recorded this episode about free speech, but we are postponing that. Uh, we're going to try to get him back in here to have a more evergreen conversation about free speech. Oh, so we're not going to publish that one at all. I mean, maybe at some point we could publish it on Patreon as a as an example of like failed conversations mm. and 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 the lessons that we learned. We'd have to, I think, add maybe even a commentary in between the the questions and 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 the discussion points. Mm. And I think we we can do that, but. You and I both talked about it, and we just didn't feel good enough to publish it as it was right now. Yeah. So I'm going to talk to Dave, see if we can get him back in here, or maybe we end up editing the episode and doing something with it with his permission, obviously. But uh, I, I just don't feel good about it the way that it is. So we're in here today talking about neo-minimalism, something that I think will be appropriate for today, mm-hmm. but I think the questions we answer today will be appropriate for years to come, because these are questions that many of us are going to be dealing with again and again as we reach these new milestones in life, and we start questioning what is essential. I think yeah. these questions are really important. It surprised me how, because like, you know, 10 years of talking about minimalism, uh, and I don't know why this surprised me. I, you know, I kind of thought like we've covered it all. You know, like we we've pretty much covered it all. And then the pandemic happens, and I was just surprised at like, oh wow, like here's this old answer mm. that is coming up for these new problems. So yeah, the the neo minimalism or the new minimalism, you could say, uh, yeah, it it certainly is going to it's going to address what we're going through right now with the pandemic and with debt. And, uh, yeah, I just, it's funny how with my sister, God love her. Um, she, actually, you know what? I don't want to talk about her, her personal stuff. Let's just say that she got into debt uh-huh. right before the pandemic Oof. and I really tried to talk her out of it. Right. And now she is, um, 
you know, she she's got to worry about that now. With the, I mean, luckily she's back at work and everything's okay. Uh-huh. But it's just like this stress that she's like, oh, Ryan, like she's like, God, I should have, you know, maybe I should have paid attention to more to what you were saying. You know, I, I talked to Dave Ramsey about this. We did a uh, quarantine conversation with Dave Ramsey for our Patreon folks. And it was just this 15-minute conversation I had with him. But I started off by saying, how many years have you been telling people they need a budget? And now they're finally figuring it out mm. during these hard times. And we're dealing with the this three-legged crisis right now, Ryan. There, There is, of course, the virus, which is still out there. Mm-hmm. And there is the financial crisis. One yeah. might even say depression it's certainly a reset going to be a recession so weird how the economy has bounced back so quickly well as far as stock market goes yeah that's not the economy and 401ks yeah i guess i'm just surprised at uh that that is an indicator of the economy i heard crystal ball on the hill call the stock market a graph of rich people's feelings (laughs) that's too funny (laughs) but yeah i i uh well i mean we've got you know an ira and um some savings and stuff uh so i haven't been keeping too close of an eye on it because it's like kind of depressing really but the fact that it is an indicator of the economy it is an indicator of of what's going on and the fact that that indicator is up as much as it is over the past like two months um actually kind of tells me something's wrong right well again this is so most people don't participate in the stock market right what is it 20 percent of people yeah it's less than 20 percent of people uh participate in 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 the stock market we're talking uh index funds or we're talking um individual stocks. Is right, correct? right. Now, most people, you know, so, so Fidelity, Fidelity did this thing about um, the people whose accounts performed the best. Mm-hmm. This is a really fascinating uh, study that they did. Were the people, were their customers who didn't, who forgot they had a Fidelity account? Oh, wow. Because it's set it and forget it. Like that is the best investment advice. Mm-hmm. Unless you're a day trader, which you spend, you know, all day, you know, trading right, in full time job. Stuff. Right, exactly. But most so okay, so four hundred one Ks and IRAs and those things, those are that's money in stock, whether it's mutual funds or whether it's index funds. Correct. So what I'm hearing you say is that less than twenty percent have mutual funds and index funds any stocks of any sort. So eighty yes. percent of people are not are basically not putting their money away in any kind of stock for retirement. That's correct. Wow. Yeah. And so um, those numbers change quite a bit. Uh, and so you may have a you may have a 401k account that you contributed to once, but if you don't contribute to it regularly, then you wouldn't be considered participating. Oh, okay. It. I see. Yeah. So uh, so the set it and forget it folks are not, they're in that 80%. It, it, yeah. So it depends on how they would measure it. But mm-hmm. but yes, if, uh, if you just put $5,000 into an account one time, mm-hmm. then they probably aren't going to count you for that. Okay, if you're contributing regularly uh, yeah, on, a, on a monthly or annual basis, then you, you're going to be part of that. But yeah. the truth is that most people don't contribute to a retirement account. And although you certainly should, Mm -hmm. even a person who makes a minimum wage, this is what was staggering to me when I I learned when I was very young, if you contribute $23 a week from the time you're 18, I believe it is, or maybe it's 21. uh, I have this new stat in our our next book, actually. Um, Love people use things. Mm -hmm. There's a whole chapter about our relationship with money in there. And 
the thing is, anyone can become a millionaire by the time they retire by mm. contributing $23 a week, roughly. Up until 65. Yeah, uh, I, I, 59 and a half, I think it is. Oh, but wow. yeah, I'd have to look at the math. It's yeah. all it's all there in the book. In fact, it's so staggering that the the uh, editor was like, is this math true? <laughs> <laughs> like he had to double check it. Well, she was like, or, she, yeah. She, yeah, she was like, um, yeah, we have two editors, but the, yeah. the gal, she, she's young and she, she, she was like, is this true? I, I, really what I was learning is she was like, uh oh! I think I should be putting more money into the <laughs> stock market. She's so young; like yeah. now's the best time to actually contribute. If, you, if you're yeah, young, yeah. if you're old like me and Ryan, you have to contribute more money right. in, in order you have for to it contribute twenty three thousand dollars a week. <laughs> Wait a minute, <laughs> Sean. We're gonna have to dock your pay twenty three thousand a week. Um, okay. Anyway, we have a lot of questions today. I know we've we've, we've been maundering on a bit. Let's do uh, it. Before we get into it. Ryan, uh, there was one other thing that I wanted to talk about, but now it has it has floated off into the ether. Maybe it'll come back to me, but until it does, I saw you take a note on the back of your paper. Was it there? Oh, the oh, we were talking about the th- the the three yes, the three crises that mm. we have going on right now. Oh yes. So we have the pandemic, uh, the, the virus. Yeah. We have the financial crisis. Yes. And now we have this uh, crisis of of inequality mm. that has been there for a long time but is really coming up to the forefront whether it's racial inequality and also financial inequality which those things are inextricably tied together as yeah. well you can go back to last week's race relations episode to hear us talk about that in detail but what i'm saying is we have three crises right now mm-hmm. but this episode is about crises in general and what happens after the crises and here's the thing the one thing I'm certain of is other crises are going to happen, whether it's a large-scale crisis, a crisis like um, like the pandemic, or you lose your job. That's an individual crisis, right? You, um, you you have a health crisis like I had last year. That's a crisis, and coming out of the crisis requires course correction, and it requires healing. Yeah. And those are the things that I really wanted to talk about today. Yeah, it's it, it is like it's just the perfect storm right now. Which a piece of me is kind of like scared of because you know there's a lot of unknowns i mean uh, i just saw a poll recently it's like over 80 percent of people polled will say that uh, that america is out of control right now mm. and uh it's scary but in the same token i'm kind of glad have that... you ever taken a poll though no i haven't <laughs> <laughs> who are these people that are polling? i've always wondered that too man what about jordan have you taken a... i'm taking a poll right now jordan have you taken a poll have you ever taken a poll oh have you taken a poll so I, I'm a guessing. According peop- to my polling, zero percent of people have been polled, Ryan. <laughs> well, you know, I know that uh, they do a lot of polling data online, and they will they target on Facebook people to poll. So, like, I mean, I don't know if it's in person or what poll it's from. Uh, I forget the news channel that I saw this on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, all this to say is that yes, I feel like we're a bit out of control right now. But mm-hmm. I am, I am grateful that. This is going to lead to something better. I really do feel that. You know what's fascinating about that? I agree with you. We're out of control. But you and I also a decade ago recognized that we, meaning you and I, and also our our society writ large, was out of control. Yeah. The the sort of post two thousand eight, uh, the two thousand eight crash led to this post two thousand eight thinking, a, a sort of neo minimalism at the time, or, mm-hmm. or or minimalism really blossoming online, and now. I think over the last decade, we faced new problems. We have new distractions. Social media is this whole new thing. We, we're facing new decadence and luxury in ways that are unimaginable. And that, that's for even for your average person. Yeah. The richest king in the world 50 years ago didn't have access to a smartphone. 
or no, a they flushable be, toilet. Right, well, 50 <laughs> years ago, I hope they did. <laughs> I thought you said 500 years ago. Yeah, but okay, 500 years yeah. ago, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> and, and there were yeah, more issues. So many of the these things that we take for granted are luxuries, and there's nothing wrong mm. with a flushable toilet, right? No, no. I recommend having one. I have two. Um, oh, dude, you're such a fraud. I know, right? <laughs> and, uh, and, and so I... I do want to question the things that we use and the things we feel like we need versus the things that add value. So mm-hmm. let's get into those questions right now. Let's do it. Christina in Sacramento has a question for us. I had a question about adding things to your wish list on Amazon.com. So I was doing really well for a month. I wasn't buying anything. I wasn't introducing anything new to my house. But then I started to need, you know, just cleaning supplies or um, replacement items of things that I really, really liked. And and I added them to my wish list to watch like a decrease if if I was going to make a saving. So I would add a ton of stuff to my wish list. And then I would, I'm finding myself purchasing a lot of those items because um, there, it's, there's a notification that they're on sale or that the price has decreased since I added it to my wish list. And I cannot stop um, looking at my, I cannot, I'm obsessively looking at my wish list and um, adding things to my cart. And it's so easy just to press the place order button. And um, it's getting a little bit out of hand and I could really just use um, a refresher, right? So for those of us who purged and really went through our stuff and was on a really good track and paid off our credit card debt, I'm at a loss now. And I just I just need a little bit of a tip or advice on how to get back on track. I've got real simple advice for Christina. Get rid of your Amazon account. Mm. Uh, you don't have to keep it out of your life. But she is she has an issue right now with with the wish list with Amazon with spending too much time in there with spending too much money with hoarding with well not with hoarding but with starting a hoard yeah um if if it's that much of a crisis right now which it sounds like it's bordering on get rid of your Amazon for a month or two you know what's fascinating about this Ryan is this this time of you know stay at home. I think has really exacerbated online shopping in a way because we've <laughs> taken away the the retail shopping. Yeah. And so if you, I totally agree with you. I, first thing I would do is get rid of Amazon for 30 days or bare minimum, get rid of Amazon Prime. Yeah. Because you want to introduce some new friction into the process. Or delete your wish list. But you've got to change your state somehow, Christina. And yeah, I totally agree. Do, do something for 30 days to change your state and then maybe revisit it. But, uh, you know, another piece of advice is do not give out information if you don't have to. When, you, w- when you're liking things on Facebook, when you are uh, adding things to your wish list, I mean, even in your search browser, I mean, they are collecting so much data so they can market to you because, Christina, they know that if they pull the right levers, they can make you do exactly what you're doing. For sure. I mean, I, and... It's it's pretty good at, at detecting what you're looking at. I mean, uh, Sean and I were just talking about this beforehand. I was on LA Times looking up an article about. Um, well, I was on a different website looking at J. Crew going out of business. Like mm-hmm. there are or not, but I'm sorry, filing bankruptcy, not going out of business. Oh wow! And then 
the next day I get an advertisement for like J Crew jeans on LA Times mm. because you know, it populates in their sidebar or whatever. And so it's making connections, not even to the things I'm looking at shopping about, but even to the things I'm reading about, yeah. it's it, it's popping up. And so uh, Ryan, you, you really hit the nail on the head here. If online shopping is your problem, you wanna add some friction into the mix. I do this right now. So I don't buy cleaning supplies online because I think there's a lot of waste in, in, in the, the shipping of that. So I will, intentionally add friction to the process. I spend more time, I'll go to a Target or, or somewhere else and buy the cleaning supplies I need. However, I also realize I need fewer cleaning supplies than we actually think, right? Mm. You need one sort of cleaning thing that will, it will, the thing that cleans your sink will also clean your toilet, will also clean your shower, will also clean your floors, mm -hmm. honestly. And so, what do you use, castle soap? Uh, no, I use or like the castile soap. No, the Meyer <laughs> stuff. Although we had oh, someone yeah. recommend the the uh, what is that? Doctor Bronner's on the yeah. the politics episode recently yeah. with Kim Iverson. Uh, we had we had a caller call in about that. that. Yeah, you can wash your pants with that as yeah. well. And yeah. so yeah, I think one thing that covers everything makes the shopping simpler, but you don't want to make it easy. So it can be simple. You can reduce the number of things you buy, but you can also add friction into the into the process. I don't I don't buy groceries uh, that I have them delivered I'm, because I prefer to be very intentional about going out and buying only the things I need. And by the way, whenever I go to the store, I buy only the things that are on my list. If I forgot to put it on the list, I force myself to leave the store without it. I add some additional inconvenience into my life, not because I like inconvenience, because I hate impulse. Really what you're talking about is setting boundaries for yourself. And right now, Christina doesn't have many boundaries. So Christina, whatever boundaries work for you, you got to implement those in your life. Yeah, I'm going to uh, recommend one last thing. Since Ryan mentions boundaries, you need some rules for yourself. Now, Ryan and I have a minimalist rule book. It's called 16 Rules for Living with Less. You can download that for free from our website on the resources page, theminimalists.com slash resources. Christine, I recommend you read that. And those rules are adjustable to your life, to your family, and to your preferences. And so you'll find that maybe the just-in-case rule or the just-for-win rule or the seasonality rule apply to you, or maybe you need to tweak them a little bit so they apply to your life. And also, Christina, since you are in Sacramento, we've got a tour stop coming up in Sacramento. TK Coleman's going to be with us there. We've got a bunch of tour, tour stops coming up, actually. You can find them over at theminimalists.com slash tour. Christina, I'd love to give you a couple tickets to our Sacramento event. If you head on over to that webpage, for anyone else who's listening to this, you can find the city nearest you. If you don't see your city, you can sign up for the email list there. We'll notify you when we are coming to a nearby city. Veronica in Salt Lake City has a question for us. How do you guys feel towards emergency items such as a 72-hour kit? And what other things do you have for emergency-type situations? Now, Ryan, since we were just talking to Christina about the minimalist rule book, I might as well mention a few more rules for Veronica here. So there are two rules in there in particular I think that will work really well because I think we're asking this question differently now, right? She, mm. She's asking about emergency items. Well, we actually have an emergency item rule. It's mm. different from the just-in-case rule. Mm -hmm. It's j different from the just-for-win rule. It is a separate rule for, you know, like, I have a... Um, a first aid kit, mm -hmm. right? That that's an emergency item. When we lived in Montana, I had like a blanket in the trunk and yeah. and, and um, a shovel and some bleach and several body bags. <laughs> Just 
For when? Just for emergencies. <laughs> yes, there you go. <laughs> uh, and so we have an emergency item rule. But here's the thing. And I've had several people ask this question differently from how Veronica's, Veronica's asking it. But many people right now during a time like this where it feels like an emergency. And for many people, it is a, a sort of pseudo emergency, right? Mm-hmm. I haven't needed any new emergency items yeah, I th- during fact, this pandemic. I got rid of a couple emergency items moving from Montana to California. Right. Because, yeah, like you don't need a wool blanket, you know, or a... Or a tire chain. I didn't even have a wool blanket. I had the the emergency blankets. Yeah, tire chains. Exactly. Exactly. And, and so uh, I'm going to recommend that rule, but there's one other rule as well that has served me well. It's called the willing to walk rule. Mm. In my life, I'm, I set my life up. And by the way, I think everyone has this to a certain extent. I think just my threshold is lower. It's the willingness to walk away from anything. That could be the minimalist. It could be my marriage. It could be friendships. It could be any physical item for sure I'm willing to walk away from. The city in which I live, being willing to walk away means that I'm intentionally staying in the thing because it best serves me and I best serve it. Mm. And if if we're not willing to walk away, then that means we are only willing to sort of placate. Yeah. And that's not a place of contentment or joy mm-hmm. that that's actually a, a recipe for misery you stew and some some real discontent uh and, yeah. and 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 so having a willingness to walk away the, the the rule in that rule book i think will help you out uh, as well because if you feel right now like you need to bring more emergency items into your life i i think you really want to question those things you have and right mm-hmm. now I agree with you. I've actually walked away from more things during this time. Mm. I've donated a few more things during this time. We've even been encouraging people who are on our text message list to send us um, emojis of the most recent thing they've decluttered. And Ryan, people have gotten so, so creative. Mm. Yeah, of course, physical items. They're, you know, someone will send us an a emoji of an umbrella. Mm-hmm. Or a lot of peaches have been decluttered apparently <laughs> peaches and eggplants <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway people have been uh but also like smoking habits have been decluttered during this time cool. and so different habits people are decluttering by the way if you want to send us an emoji emoji it's just uh 937-202-4654 those texts mm-hmm. go to both of our phones yeah. the, the one thing i'll i'll uh, add here is Veronica, you got to figure out what's appropriate for your life too, because living in California, for example, especially Los Angeles, we get a lot of earthquakes. So um, uh, Mariah and I have talked about having like a generator to, uh, to to power things in case there's like a major disaster. Especially after watching oh, what was uh, oh, about the blackout, the the documentary. Oh, I forget what it was called. Zero Dark Thirty. It is zero, though. It is zero days. Zero zero hour, maybe? I think it's zero days. Okay, zero days. But after watching that, I'm like, oh, wow. Like, we actually do need to plan for an outage. Like, it's going to happen. Because uh, with how fragile the, 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 the grid is, uh, especially in LA with earthquakes, and there's a whole other things that, that that documentary goes into. However, I don't have room for a generator. Right. So guess what? I didn't get a generator. But uh-huh. if Mariah and I had a house and I had the appropriate space for it, I would totally get that. So... Veronica, uh, again, yes, have some emergency items, um, but make sure that you get only what's appropriate for your life. Right, and that will change depending on a whole bunch of different circumstances. I think the the rule in the rule book will help you identify what those circumstances are. Ryan, what time is it? You know what time it is. It is time for our lightning round where we answer your text messages, text your questions or comments to 937 937- Two zero two four six five four. Yes, indeed. As I said, those texts go to both of our phones, and we do respond to as many people as we can. Now, 
now. During the lightning round, this is where Ryan and I do our best to answer every question with just a short, shareable, less than 140 character response. And we put the text to these minimal maxims in the show notes so you can copy and share our pithy answers on social media if you like. And by the way, you can find all of our minimal maxims in one place now, minimalmaxims.com. We have a question from our old friend, Mike Brewer. Mike Brewer. What a good dude. Has your definition of the word essential changed? Also, how have your perspectives on the word essential changed? I like that he made these as two separate questions because my definition of essential hasn't changed. Right. I'll give you a pithy answer on that one, Mike. If it feels like too much, it's too much. Yeah. And, and that's basically my definition of essential. Now, in that minimalist rule book that we've talked about a couple times now, we, all, we have another rule in there. It's called the no junk rule. And Ryan and I do a really good job of delineating between essential items, non-essential items, and junk mm -hmm. items. And so your second question, Mike, is how, also how have your perspectives on the word essential changed? Well, really, I, what is essential to me really helps me live, right? But but I think it's different from that which is non-essential but increases or augments my experience of life. Yeah. Ryan and I, you and I are, are really for non-essentials, but we're not for junk. Yeah. And too many people conflate the non-essentials and the junk. So I know you've got something pithy for us. Yeah, for sure. Uh, be before I even read my pithy answer here, when I think about essential items like that's what i take when i go camping it's like just what i need mm. but at home i'm not going to just live with only the things that i must have with only the essential and that's what my definition is so yeah my pithy answer is this you'll survive living with what's with what's essential but you'll thrive living with what adds value so just to your point we do need some non-essential things in our life because if you live with only the essential you're you're living in deprivation. I think of a monk who eats, they have their robes. I mean, they got rid of their hair because they don't even, it, that's not essential. Mm. So they are, but they are depriving themselves intentionally because that's the lifestyle they choose, which is great. But that is not uh, what we're advocating everyone do. We're advocating that people have in their life what adds value, what can, what can truly help them thrive, not just survive. I just interviewed Erwin McManus for our next film, Less Is Now. And he had this great line. He said, I think too many people confuse minimalism with utilitarianism. Right. But I think that beauty is essential. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I, I, I love that about, about his distinction there because he doesn't want just items that only serve a purpose. He wants beauty in our everyday life through artwork and creativity and also just through aesthetics that is an essential part of life the, the nature is beautiful and i think that's essential and i want to bring that into my living space to workspace whatever i want to strip it down so that we have the essentials in, in, in the sense that when we get down to the essentials it begins to expose the beauty. Mm. But I want to remove all the junk. I think that actually adds to the beauty as well. It's interesting, though. There's such a fine line that I think we do when we're thinking about what's essential and, and what's non-essential and what's junk. Um, and I've, I've seen this on... I've been watching Hoarders. Talk about motivation. Like, all, like after watching Hoarders, I'm like, oh, Mariah, we need to get rid of like 50% of our stuff. Because it, like, <laughs> it makes me so paranoid because I feel sorry for like all these things that people are holding on to. Right. But they get to the, the, the line that they're writing is, you know, one, uh, one example is there's a woman who 
she goes out and she trash dives and then she sells stuff on eBay. And every time they try to get rid of something, she's like, well, you're going to need to pay me $20 if you want me to get rid of that because that's what that's worth. And in her mind, mm-hmm. all of this stuff is essential because it's worth money. So it's just, it's something that, it's a slippery slope, yeah. uh, what, our, what our definition of essential is. Right. And so, so for us, we both recognize that what she's talking about is not essential because right. it's not necessary for her to live. She's conflating the non-essentials with the junk. Almost yeah. all of those things are junk. She's thinking it's something that's adding value to her life, the non-essentials that are value-adding. Or has potential to add value. Right. Yeah. Everything has the potential to add value. That's not good enough to hold on to it. Yeah. Ooh, that's something pithy. I don't know if you, you can clean that up and tweet it, Sean. But, um, oh, right, before we get into our listener tips and our added value segment today, Ryan, you are going to love the added value today. I shared it with Sean yesterday, and, man, I've just really been enjoying it. But anyway, before we get into that, we got a bunch more surprise questions this week, like what new home, workplace, and digital minimalism trends will we see in the near future? In times of isolation, do new parameters need to be set for what we hold on to? Is poverty the new minimalism? How do we maximize... Ooh, actually, that, that's a Freudian slip here. How do we minimize <laughs> bad relationships? How do we maximize good relationships is what I would say. Yeah. How do we minimize bad relationships during a pandemic? Also, do the minimalists really want J. Crew and J.C. Penny to go out of business? There was some controversy around this on our last Maximal oh, episode. Yeah. And so I want to talk more about that. The shorter answer is yes, but there's some nuance there. <laughs> uh, plus, we've got a million more questions about what minimalism might look like soon. And if you want to hear all that, check out this week's Maximal episode on the Minimalist Private Podcast. It's a completely separate weekly podcast, and it's just a couple bucks. And it's the most honest way for the minimalist to earn an income because we don't believe in advertisements. You know we think advertisements suck, so we make money only if you find value in and support what we create. Head on over to theminimalists.com slash support to subscribe and get your personal link so that our private podcast plays in your favorite podcast app. Ryan, what else you got for us this week? Here are some voicemail comments and tips from our listeners. Check them out. This is Kathy from Illinois. I have a comment for Susan, who had a baby in the NICU. Um, I have also had a child who was in the NICU, and she's now 20 years old. What I did was I have two children. Each child got one apple box. Go to the grocery store, ask the produce manager for an apple box. It has a top and a lid, and you put what you want to keep in that apple box, um, baby clothes. I have a quilt that was made by a dear friend. And as the years go by, you only get the one apple box for a child. Um, my children are now 22 and 20, and I've opened that box, and they've looked in there, and none of that means anything to either of them, but it means a lot to me. My name is Courtney, and I'm from Houston. I just recently started listening to your podcast, and they're really bringing a lot of value to my life and helping me realize how much of a consumer I am. Um, I actually just got done listening to your consumerism podcast. And one tip that I had was I found Rocksbox. It's a subscription that kind of lets you rent jewelry, so it still satisfies my consumer need where I want to purchase the new and hip fashion, but I wear the jewelry for as long as I want, and then I send it back for someone else to use and get value out of, and it's only like $10 a month. 
So there's other subscriptions out there similar that I found are kind of awesome that you can rent your clothing and jewelry through. All right, y'all. For this week's added value, man, I tweeted this, Ryan. It's that feeling when you stumble into something special. That's what I felt when I happened upon Ken Yates's music mm. last week. His new album, it's called Quiet Talkers, and it is a quiet masterpiece. He's a, a singer-songwriter, uh, and it's weird. It, it, the, the music is, is both winsome and, and, and muscular. Like The songwriting is like really muscular mm. and is very American, which is ironic because he's from London, Ontario, Canada. That's like America part two. Uh, yeah. It, I mean, <laughs> London especially. You and I have been there before. Yeah, we did, yeah. had a tour stop there. And uh, yeah, it's very – London is like might as well be a city in Ohio, right? Right. Uh, and, and, but it feels very Midwestern. There is a city in Ohio called London. <laughs> <laughs> but like I, the London, Ontario feels yeah, very much yeah. like, a, a, like this, this Midwestern you know, medium-sized yeah. city in a way. Anyway, this album, uh, Quiet Talkers – is it's like the perfect drive music like summertime drive through cornfields or or the desert or like it's just it's it's quiet but it's there's a song in fact uh, i want to put a link to the this video because the video itself is like it's a perfect song and a perfect video together Mm. and they just complement each other so well the uh, the song is called two wrongs Mm. it's about how Two wrongs make us right. And some of the lyrics from this thing, Ryan, I'll read you a few. Um, where he says, uh, I'm too shaky to lean on. I'm too tired to be strong. I'm too old to start again and too young to believe it. Mm. And uh, That's good. Yeah, there, like I said, there's just this, this muscularity to it. The, the, the music is so... It's a fine example of the power of restraint and the beauty of concision. And he's a young guy with an old soul, and the lyrics and the music go together really, really well. So check out Kevin Yates's album, Quiet Talkers. It's almost like, uh, you know, Jeffrey Folkalt. Uh It's like his music mixed with a little Paul Simon in a way, and then there's something else that's unnameable and utterly unique about his music. So definitely check it out. Ken Yates, Quiet Talkers is the new album. Check out the video. We'll put a link to it in the show notes as well for Two Wrongs. And uh, real quick for right here, right now, here's one thing that's going on in the life of the minimalist. Ryan, we only do this once or twice a year. In fact, I don't think we did it at all last year. So it's probably been a year, a year and a half since we've asked this. Mm. And because I hate when people every single episode, make sure you rate and review us on like and subscribe. Right. You're never going to hear me say like and subscribe ever. (laughs) And you're not going to hear us every episode saying, make sure you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you one time. I'm going to ask you right now. My birthday's coming up. I'm going to be 39 this month on June 29th. You might as well be 50. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm thinking for my birthday, if you'd be willing. Now, most of you aren't going to. You're just going to skip past this part, and that's really unfortunate because it helps us spread this message of living with less. If you'd be willing, I would be very grateful. It's one of the best ways you can support this podcast, especially if you're not a Patreon supporter. One of the best ways you can support this podcast, if you were to go over to Apple Podcasts, even if you don't listen to this this podcast on Apple Podcasts, go over there and leave us a review. Not just uh, the stars, but you know, write something up. Uh, what, what do you believe what, what about the podcast? If you hate us, 
why have you been listening this long? That's fine. You can <laughs> say you hate us on there. Uh, I'm not asking you for a five-star review. You leave whatever review you want. But it would mean a lot to us because it, it helps us spread the message of living with less. So we ask this once or twice a year. If you'd like to give me a birthday gift this month, that'd be a great gift. Send me a, a tweet. Just let me know. I'm just at JFM that you, you did it, or you can tweet the minimalist at the minimalist. Yeah. We would really, or you can text really us and let that. us know. Oh yeah. Yeah. Text us. If you don't have Twitter, a lot of you don't, I think it's 24% of Americans and well, not just America any, anywhere you are in the world. We'd really appreciate a review, but uh, yeah, just text us nine three seven two Oh two four six five four. Let us know. We're really grateful for those of you who have decided to leave us a review. Oh, <clears throat> I should also point out, Ryan, actually I'll talk about this on the maximal episode. I've got some updates for, Less is now our, our next Netflix documentary and our next book. Love people use things. I've got some updates I want to share about both of those, but um, some of them are, are sort of secret updates. I only want to share with the the smaller audience. Eventually, everyone will, will know about it. So yeah. uh, don't worry. Don't feel like you're being left out. Uh, speaking of following, you can follow the Minimalists on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Minimalists. Come see one of our live podcast shows, theminimalists.com/tour to find a city near you. If you have a question, comment, or minimalism tip for our podcast, email a voice memo to podcast at theminimalists.com. Comment on this episode at youtube.com slash theminimalist. If you want our show notes in your inbox, sign up for our email list over at theminimalists.com, and you'll also receive our simple Sunday emails whenever we send those out. And if you leave here today with just one message, we hope it's this. Love people and use things because the opposite never works. Thanks for listening, y'all. We'll see you next time. Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing that's just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it